2: What's up, everyone? Welcome to the morning grind. I am your host today, TJ Zwarich, ready to break down Monday's nine-game MLB DFS slate. Joined by my man. I feel like we've been uh, we've really been holding this podcast down the last week, and I've been enjoying it, getting to hang out with you every few nights. Chief Justice
3: Will Priester, how you doing? I'm good, man. Another day, another dollar. We're in the building. I'm going to go ahead and put the disclaimer out there. It is storming. Oh, I forgot I have to take these off when we're live. It's just, they do help my eyes, though. Like, man, uh, it is storming uh, at my house. So I'm hoping that everything goes off without a hitch. Uh, you guys may even be able to hear some of that thunder. Lightning in the thunder. You guys might even be able to hear some of that. I will be muting myself and hopefully not forgetting to unmute the uh, the rest of the podcast. But... I will say, folks, it, it, it's been a good month, and I've been uh ecstatic about you know where we are this month. I talked to TJ about that before, but I I've, I've had a really profitable one. So uh I'm I'm stoked.
2: Yeah, I had myself a good day today as well. I was heavily overweight on Ryan Yarbrough, So hopefully uh, everybody tuned into the morning grind and you were able to pay up for some angels, sorry, pay up for some braves, pay up for uh Little bit of Jose Ramirez who double dunged. Uh and uh, I think the reason you got thunder and lightning over there is because we have Noah Syndergaard Thor starting against the Astros, and there's going to be some noise. There's going to be some runs on Monday, uh, but let's start diving into this slate. We got nine games. It's not too many, but uh, it's enough. First one we got uh, we got Washing Milwaukee at Washington. Nine total in this one pulling up who the starting pitchers were because I was accidentally on the wrong page. Uh, Here we go. Milwaukee and Washington. We got Corbin Burns at Jake Irvin. We're not probably not going to be playing any Jake Irvin in this spot, but how do you like Corbin Burns?
3: Uh, I'm going to temper my expectations with Corbin Burns. I know like, so Washington is a wonky team. And I, I feel like, I feel like I'm on repeat with this team. But if you just if you can avoid Washington and Arizona and Cleveland and these low strikeout teams this season, you're really going to come out ahead. I I understand that Corbin Burns can come out and get ten strikeouts today. Like I understand, like conceptually, it's Washington, but I'm not so that Corbin Burns is going to have an upside game today. I'm probably in the minority. You know, I don't care. I'm going to full fate on Corbin Burns. Like Washington has done this time and time again, they just don't. You're just not going to beat them with the strikeouts. And so as a result, I'm taking a fade on Corbin Burns. I'll I'll live with whatever results uh, happens today. Understandably, I'm in the minority, but I'm I'm not doing it. I'm taking a full fade.
2: I don't love the price tag of Burns going up against uh, a low strikeout team like Washington, but the biggest thing for me is I want to see how many lefties are in this lineup because Burns has been aggressively reverse blitzy this year. Uh, 29% strikeout rate to lefties, which is elite 21 and a half to righties Uh, 52% ground ball percentage to lefties, which is elite 33 and a half to righties. Not very good. Hard hit percentage, 31% to lefties. That's fantastic. 43 percent to righty is not so great and so he's been kind of below average this year to right-handed bats but absolutely elite to lefties so if we get a lineup from Washington that has five six seven left-handed bats in there um, I'm gonna be a lot more interested in uh, in verlander than uh, if it's just like three four or something like that um, burns. burns yeah I'm gonna be very very interested to see uh see the lineup. Uh, Irvin on the other side, I'm going to assume we're not really interested in getting to him. Uh, no. we, how do you feel about the Milwaukee bats against them?
3: I don't hate the bat. Like Washington isn't like the best ballpark to hit in for what it's worth. So uh, I'm not going to be stacking Milwaukee, but I do think just, you know, a few, like, I, I don't mind one-off Yelich. I don't mind, uh, uh, geez, one-off, uh, Contreras, a catcher. You know, I don't mind a one-off uh a at, at, at shortstop. Like I I don't I don't ever mind stuff like that. So that's how I'm gonna treat this team. Purely one-offs. I don't think I'm even getting to mini stacks.
2: Yeah, I could I feel like I could maybe get there with the mini-stack. They are nice and cheap, but I'm with you. I'm not they're not gonna be near the top of the board to me. I think they're just kind of fine. Washington's got a terrible bullpen, Irvin's not very good. And so I, I, I think that Milwaukee's absolutely in play, but they're not going to be one of my top, top stacks today. Washington going up against Burns. I don't really think I have any interest there.
3: Yeah, I'm not stacking Washington, but I am a believer that they can limit upside. Uh, like in terms of consistently this season. Once again, I fully understand Burns could come out and get eight or nine strikeouts, but um, I'm going to go with them limiting him. But, I, but I'm also going to go with Burns limiting their production.
2: Tampa Bay at the Yankees. We have no total yet in this one. It's Glasnow at Domingo Herman. Uh, Do you have any interest in Tyler Glasnow, 10.5K going up against the Yankees? And kind of in
3: comparison, how do you rank Glasnow versus Burns? Yeah, Glasnow is definitely above Burns for me. Um, Yankees, while they might have some name value, these clowns have been striking out all season. I, I don't see any reason why they're going to all of a sudden come back down to earth and have low K rates in this matchup. So I really like Tyler Glass now uh, in terms of the, the upper tier. And ironically, uh, Abbott is in the upper tier today at 10K. So he gets included. Glass now is definitely my guy. He's the most expensive. Don't care if I have to spend all the way up. He's the guy I want to get to K rate been off the charts, um, you know, and once again, he, he gets a really high strikeout offense in the, in the Yankees
2: glass now is the type of guy that if we, if he's at a spot where we're not worried about his pitch count, they're not limiting him in any way. He's always got so much upside and he was up to 97 pitches in his last start. So hopefully he could get uh, upwards of a hundred again today. Um, I kind of view Burns as maybe a bit safer of an option in the, in the sense of, I think he has a higher floor. Um, I think glass now is a lower, has a lower floor because he gets hit pretty hard. He he could give up a a few homers and maybe get out of there early, but his strikeout upside is so much higher against this Yankee team because there just is a lot more K's there than there is uh, in Washington. So I agree. I like glass now a little bit better. Um, I think I maybe think Burns has a higher floor, but I think glass now definitely has a higher ceiling. What about Domingo Herman at 7,300 going up against uh, Tampa Bay? I typically don't really like taking pictures against Tampa Bay, but seven, three is a pretty nice price tag for Herman. I don't mind getting there.
3: Yeah. It's an interesting spot. Like, do I think so? So let, let me, let, let's, let me phrase it this way. Do I think Domingo gives up a couple of runs? Yes. Do I also think he gets enough strikeouts? Yes. Do I think he's going to go past 20 fantasy points? No. Do I think he goes past 15? Maybe. I think he's somewhere between 15 and 20 fantasy points at 7,300. I think the price is worth the risk, if that makes any sense.
2: Yeah, I'm with you. I think he is, he's probably not going to be somebody I'm aggressively targeting, but if all of a sudden I got 7,300 left in a lineup, I'm looking for an SP2. I'm not going to readjust things because I don't want to play Herman. I'm totally fine with him as an SB2. Um, maybe a little bit uh, dangerous playing a guy like him. He's not very consistent, but he does have a ton of upside. So I don't mind getting to him whatsoever. How about the Tampa Bay bats going up against Herman? For me, I think like maybe in an MME setting, but I, and I, I, uh, it's a big enough slate where I don't really feel like I need to target either side of the bats on, on, in this game
3: uh i think with Tampa Bay i'm probably more interested i'm not gonna play uh herman with tampa Bay um but i do think a, a full stack is worth it in a, in a few spots like i'm saying if you're running 150 i think getting you know eight to let's say let's say five to eight stacks of this team i think considering Herman can get busted up here i think that's reasonable
2: Yeah, I think that's exactly where I'd put it in a 150 build as well. I think maybe I'd have one uh, full Tampa stack if I was running 20 lineups. Um, And that's kind of where where I'd be uh, looking to go with it. So um, maybe I I also don't mind maybe getting to a little bit of a Brandon Lau as a Um, one-off. And then in terms of the Yankees, like you can always play Aaron Judge. Absolutely. If you want a one-off Giancarlo Stanton, that there's no problem with that. But outside of that, I'm, I'm pretty much going to be out on the Yankees.
3: Yeah. I'm not really worried about the Yankees today.
2: If you're watching us on YouTube, whether you're one of our wonderful live viewers or watching Monday morning, make sure you hit that like button hit that notification bell and uh, make sure you're subscribed to the morning grind channel as well. Next game we got, we got Baltimore at Toronto. Both of these teams looking to probably be buyers at the trade deadline. Jay's just picked up Jordan Hicks today. Uh, We got a nine total in this game. Uh, Chris Bassett and Kyle Gibson. Do you have any interest in Gibson going up against the Blue Jays? No. No, me neither. He's got a nice cheap price tag. So it's like, I don't think it's the most ridiculous thing if you're running a ton of lineups, but I'm not going to be getting there. How about Bassett going up against the Orioles? That's a good price tag for him at 7,500. He's a great pitcher against righties, one of like borderline elite against lefties. He's really struggled this year. And there are some strong lefties in, in that Baltimore lineup. How do you feel about Bassett at 7,500?
3: I think Bassett is kind of the same as Domingo to me today. Like at 70, like so Bassett has more upside than Kyle Gibson, which is why I'm not playing Kyle Gibson. So like, let me get that out of the way. Like, I understand Kyle Gibson could get you 12 to 15, but I think Bassett has more upside than Gibson in this spot. Um, so, so back to Bassett, that's kind of, where I'm in the same boat as Domingo. I fully understand Baltimore could blow up Bassett. I also think, does he get 20 fantasy points? No. Does he finish somewhere in the 13, 14, 18 range? Probably for Bassett is what I'm saying. So if that's the case, I think I've got I've got some interest. If Bassett finishes with eighteen fantasy points, I don't think we're going to be complaining. So uh, that's where I am with him.
2: Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, I like the one-offs in uh, going up against him for Baltimore. Yeah, I, I'm all all aboard. Some Gunnar Henderson, some Adley Rutschman, but I don't think this is going to be a full stack spot for me.
3: Yeah, I'm with you. Um, once again. I, I feel like to to me, TJ, this is almost an identical spot to Tampa Bay, where I think I still have five to eight Baltimore stacks and a hundred fifty max build. Just because if they roll out, like they're, they're going to roll out lefties, Rutschman can hit a bomb, uh, Henderson can hit a bomb. Um, uh, what God, kind of, switch it to Santander can hit a bomb. Like they just have guys that could kind of have these one-off home runs. And so as a result, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll out a few stacks um, in 150 max, but not like, you know, if I'm running a single entry, I'm probably not stacking Baltimore, if that makes any sense.
2: I think this would be one of those teams that would be at near the bottom of my board for full stacks, but they would probably be among my higher own mini stacks. Like I, I, I could see myself getting to a lot of three-man stacks, just only I mean, lefties.
3: Yeah, Santander, Henderson, and Retschman uh, by themselves, I mean, that's that's juicy. You could almost get probably most of their fantasy production from those three guys.
2: Yeah, you have a lot of those mini-stacks with those three guys, and then you add in a few full-stacks mixing in O'Hearn and Adam Frazier, something like that. Uh, how about Toronto going up against uh, Kyle Gibson in this one?
3: Yeah, this is a Jetta full-stack team today, like – Toronto, I mean, man, I feel like whenever Toronto's in this type of spot where it feels juicy, they always let me down. But you can't worry about the always let me down. you got to worry about today. And so I think all in all, Varsho, Whit Merrifield, Springer, Kiermaier, Bo Bichette, Yeah, you got to pay for them. Vlad, uh, Brandon Belt still hitting every day almost. So he's 3,200. The difference is uh, this is one of those where maybe I stack a, a lot more Toronto or FanDuel. Where I can get Vlad and Belt in the lineup, because I mean Belt's cheap on on DK, but you got to split with him and Vlad on FanDuel. I can get them both, and I like that proposition today in a few lineups.
2: Yeah, I like that too. Anytime the Blue Jays are facing somebody who gets hit hard, doesn't strike out too many guys, doesn't really matter to me if he's good at limiting. Uh, if he's good at limiting damage, like Gibson is sometimes is like, if you're getting the bat on the, if you're just pitching in contact against Toronto, it usually doesn't go very well for you. So I like Toronto quite a bit in this spot as well. Next up, we got the angels at Atlanta or sorry. No, we got the angels at. uh
3: Yeah. At Atlanta.
2: Wow. Okay. Hold on. I pulled up the wrong plate IQ. Then I got, I, I messed myself up. We got the angels in Atlanta angels freshly just traded for Lucas Giolito, and now they got Randall Grichuk and C.J.
3: Crone. We don't know if these guys are going to be ready. C.J. Crone homecoming. C.J. Crone made his name in in, uh, L.A., by the way.
2: There you go. And so he's headed home. And uh, I don't know if they're going to be in the lineup yet, but this should still be a pretty exciting game. Lots of fireworks. We always know we uh, like Atlanta in these spots. We got Griffin Canning facing Charlie Morton. Uh, Griffin canning at 7,200 going up against Atlanta. He's been really good lately, but I don't think I can really play him against Atlanta.
3: I can. I'm going to keep riding. I'm going to keep riding Griffin canning at 7,200. Like his upside is for sure. worth the downside. I I think that's where I'm at. So it's not like I'm going to have Griffin canning like 50% of my lineups. but 7,200 for canning 7,500 for Bassett 7,300 for, for Domingo. Like, I feel like we've got a good pool of this, this mid to low 7K guys. I think he fits the bill. I understand Atlanta's probably going to, you know, score a few runs. But I definitely think Canning has some upside here. Like, we've seen him outside of one matchup with the Dodgers. Like, we've really seen him kind of tee off here, even against Arizona. And I think Arizona was a good measuring stick, right? And this was this was in June. He got nine strikeouts against Arizona. Folks, Arizona's one of the lowest strikeout teams in baseball. He had nine. Like the, when, when I see stuff like this, this gets me excited. I mean, like I said, outside of that one matchup with the Dodgers recently, he's been on autopilot. I, I can't in good conscience, even though it's my team and TJ, because I'm, I'm going to play Cannon against my team. They're going to score 12 runs. Cannon's going to end negative five. I know. But I, I I can't overlook the performance and not just the performances, the data. Like his his K rate's been through the roof uh, over the past thirty days, and it's helped his month, his uh, his year out as well. I probably like him more than the other two guys for what it's worth.
2: I think he's got higher upside and probably and definitely yes. a lower floor than both of those guys as well, which makes yes, him a great play. Makes him a great tournament play, and it's like you said. Um, if you are going to be playing him, just also make sure you're playing lots of Atlanta stacks. Find ways to be mixing in lots of Atlanta as well, because the chances are he probably will give up lots of runs. It's Atlanta. That's the most likely scenario. But if he doesn't, those strikeouts are also going to be mixed in. And so that's why you uh,
3: want to be playing for that upside as well. Let me say this. I I hope, and I know people probably like, well, why is Chief so excited about Griffin Cannon? So that's the secret to tournaments, folks. Like, you have to get excited about these types of plays. Like, this this is where you win tournaments. Everybody's going to be stacking the Braves today because the Braves are the hottest team in baseball, air quotes and not air quotes. And I love the Braves. They're my favorite team. But Griffin Candy may be the hottest – one of the hottest pitchers in baseball from a strikeout perspective. And at 7,200, this is where you just kind of have to take some stands and say, you know what? I like this guy. And – this is how tournament dollars are, are put into your DraftKings and fan duel counts by taking some stabs like this. So don't ever uh don't ever be afraid to be comfortable being uncomfortable. It, it, that's, that's how you win tournaments. All right, I'm done.
2: Had myself 30% Ryan Yarbrough today because he was facing Minnesota and finished second in my GPP. So definitely uh, I'm with you, getting comfortable, getting uncomfortable in those tournament spots. How about Charlie Morton at 9,300 going up against the Angels? For me, it's going to depend a lot on this lineup that the Angels put out. Um, if these guys they just traded for aren't there yet outside of Otani, this is a pretty darn weak lineup. I'm going to like Morton regardless, but how high he is on my list is going to depend on that lineup.
3: Yeah, for sure. And then the other thing about Morton too, like, you know, histor- historically he's been a ground ball guy. And he's been a guy that can really get righties. Um, if we see a fairly right-handed heavy lineup, because I mean, you got to think you now Grichik and, and, and Krohn are, are still righties. So if they come in and, and they become everyday guys, which they're probably going to split Crone and, and Mustakis. Moustak, if, if, if I'm thinking properly. I think they'll platoon them, but I could be wrong. But that's just what I have in my mind right now. Um, For what it's worth
2: this season, Morton's been pretty aggressively reverse splitzy. Yeah. 10% better K rate to the lefties. Uh, getting hit hard, 9% less, uh, ground balls, 7% more to lefties. So if we do get those platoon guys in there, that might be just raising that upside up for, uh, for Morton.
3: Yeah. So I like Morton today. Um, at 9,300, I definitely think you, you need to have some shares. He's, he's got some upside.
2: Yeah, I agree with you a hundred percent. Uh, on the flip side, how do you like the Angels going up against him? I don't really ever like stacking against Morton, but I think Otani is always one of the very top bats on the slate.
3: Yeah, don't hate Otani, but I'm not thrilled about this team overall. So <clears throat> they're probably <clears throat> excuse me, they're probably going to be at the bottom for me in terms of stacks. Um, but I, I don't ever hate a one-off Otani.
2: Yeah, similar page for me. Atlanta, even though Canning is a very interesting <clears throat> tournament play it's tough to call Atlanta ever, not a top three stack on the slate.
3: Yep. I'm with you hundred percent. And that's kind of how I feel about it. So I'm not going to play canning and Atlanta together, but here's what I will say. TJ, this is one where I will probably be about even. So for instance, if I, if I say, well, I want 20% canning today, once, you know, go through line of skew, I'm also going to try to get 20% of the Braves instead. If that makes any sense, like, I feel like, I feel like it's even on both sides. And I almost don't feel like there's middle ground in this one. I think either Canning has an upside game or Atlanta beats the snout of him. I think it's one or the other. And so for me, I'm, I'm not playing Canning for the 15 fantasy points. I'm playing him for the 28 fantasy points, but I'm also playing him for the minus five, minus six, because if Atlanta pounds him, he's probably going negative.
2: Beautifully said. I honestly don't have anything else to add. Uh, Acuna is always one of the top spend-ups on the slate. Matt Olson is, uh, he's kind of my, I think he's probably my favorite one on the board today. Uh, Next one, we got Cincinnati going uh, out to Wrigley. This is going to be interesting to see what we got for wind in this one. We got an eight total right now. So I'm guessing it's not, uh, I'm guessing we don't have too aggressive of winds blowing out. That sounds uh, just based on that first look like they might be blowing in. But uh, of course, we're going to have Ross weather report letting us know about that one. We uh, Pitchers in this one. We got Abbott going up against Marcus Stroman. Do you have any interest in Abbott going up against the Cubs?
3: This this is a tough one for me because Abbott at ten k, I don't think it's a bad price. Uh, so so let me get that out of the way. I don't I don't think it's bad. I'm just, and I know over the past thirty days, like his his stuff has been really good. I feel like I can get to some shares, but I don't know if I want to like, it's, it's like, I feel like he still might be a little bit too expensive, even though, I mean, the guy's his fantasy points per game. He's averaging 23 fantasy points. Like it's not like he hasn't been good. Um, I just, I think, I think I'm having, I'm having sticker shock and that's the reality of why I don't want to play him as a result. He's he's probably my second tier down in terms of the big spins. I think his ownership comes in low. I think I get to at least fifteen percent. I know I had to kind of talk myself through that, but I think I get about Abbott, no more than that. And then if the ownership on him climbs to like twenty on the slate, like I'm comfortable taking a fade here, but but I think I get to around fifteen. That's me thinking through where I think his ownership's going to be.
2: Yeah, it's dependent on two things for me, ownership and what what's that wind doing in Wrigley. We know it's yeah. the most wind sensitive park in baseball. So if we got a wind, big wind blowing in, then yeah, I'm going to have some interest in him regardless. And then outside of that, it's really going to depend on how much interest is going to depend on his ownership because we know he's got that upside, but it does feel a little bit like a Cinderella situation. We're waiting for that clock to turn midnight because it can't. Seems like too strong of production to last forever, based on that underlying uh, his underlying numbers. How about Stroman going up against Cincinnati? Eighty four hundred is not a bad price tag for him, but I think on a nine game slate, I'm just going to be chasing upside a little bit more, uh, and I'm not going to have interest in a low strikeout pitcher like Stroman.
3: Yeah, I, I think I'm going to fade Stroman today at eighty four hundred. I don't think he's better. I don't think his price or his uh, upside is better than the seven K guys. Not one of them. Yeah. So he's getting a fade.
2: Yeah. Somebody who's four might be a little bit higher than those seven K guys, but the ceiling is probably arguably lower than every single one of them.
3: Oh, it, it is lower. Like yeah. for sure.
2: Yeah. A hundred percent. I'm with you there. How about the bats going up against Stroman? That's more of a win thing for me as well. It's a ground ball pitcher. If we got that wind blowing in as well, it's going to be tough to do damage. And so I probably won't have much interest in Cincinnati.
3: Yeah. Same here.
2: Cubs on the other hand against Abbotts, like you can always one off somebody like morell Hap Suzuki is nice and cheap, but I don't have a lot of interest in the Cubs either.
3: It's just blah. Like this to me, this is a blah hitting hitting matchup. I do like Abbott some, so like I said, about fifteen percent on him. But I'm going to fade both of these offenses unless we unless we have a drastic shift for this win.
2: Outside Atlanta and maybe a couple Baltimore bats and some Toronto bats, there really aren't. We haven't hit that many like strong offenses so far, but I think we're going to be getting one in this one. We got Noah Syndergaard going up against J.P. France, Cleveland at Houston, nine total in this one. Syndergaard's coming off the I.L. And even at 6K, that's a no from me.
3: I'm, I'm fading both of these pitches for what it's worth.
2: J.P. France at 7,100. I think I can get there. He's got some upside. The pitch count is there. Uh, he's not a big strikeout guy, and this isn't a big strikeout team. But I can absolutely see him going seven, eight innings in this one. And if uh, and at a seven point one price tag, I think that's more than good enough. And so I, I'm going to I'm going to include him personally in that same group of Canning, Bassett, Herman. I'm going to be wanting to get to JP France uh, at, that, at that same multitude. Maybe even mixing some lineups where I'm going. Two 7K pitchers in the same lineup. How about Bats today? Cleveland going up against JP France.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
3: So I think if I get to anybody from Cleveland, obviously, you know, it's J-RAM, but, you know, maybe I get to a little bit of Quan. I, I think if I stack this team, I'm doing it because I'm not expecting France to pick up the strikeouts and I'm expecting... Cleveland to score a few runs. So I, I do think I stack both both sides of this team. I think I stack less Cleveland than I do Houston for what it's worth. So if if I'm quantifying that in lineup HQ, I probably get to maybe seven eight percent of Houston stack. I mean uh Cleveland stacks and probably more like fifteen to twenty percent of, of, of Houston. Did I say that right? Seven to eight percent for Cleveland, fifteen to twenty percent probably for Houston, if that makes any sense.
2: Yeah, I think that makes complete sense. I'm definitely going to be getting to a lot more Houston. The reason I'm going to be interested in JP France is if we look at the lineup Cleveland used today, for example, against a righty and Kopech, they, they had 2 uh, three right-handed bats in that lineup. Gallagher, Arias, and Oscar Gonzalez. Not anything that we're far too worried about. The top bats, Jimenez, Ramirez, Naylor, Bell, even Stephen Kwan, all lefties, and JP France is way better to left-handed bats than he is right-handed bats. And so if we get another one of these heavily uh, left-handed lineups, I feel similarly uh, about him is that I, uh, or sorry, I I was going to compare him to somebody else and I realized what I was comparing him to was... um, himself who I just broke down a couple seconds ago. Um so uh I do really like JP France because I feel like he's going to be able to just cruise through winnings. He doesn't get hit very hard by lefties. Um and I could see him easily going doesn't walk very many guys. 20% K rate is it's not good but it's fine. It's just he gives up a hard hard, hard contact 48% of the times to righties, only 32 to lefties. And the sample size has been there to uh kind of show that that's reasonable and so I do really like uh, France if we get a heavy left-handed lineup. I think he'll be able to cruise through some innings. Uh, But uh, Cleveland, I don't think I'm going to get to a lot of them. Houston, on the other hand, I think this is going to be one of my top stacks on the entire season. Yeah,
3: Yeah, love Houston. Alvarez, Tucker. Uh, They've got uh, Altuve back now. They've got – still got DuPont, Abreu. They just got guys, man. And so, for me – you know, Bregman's been hitting well, like, and guess what? You can tell, because all the prices are up now. Half the the good hitters are 5,200, whereas uh, this is where our 7K pitchers are going to come in. You you use two 7K pitchers, and that's how you're going to get this kind of offense. You use two 7K pitchers, that's how you're going to get Atlanta. And maybe not two, but, you know, you could probably squeeze Morton and a 7K guy and get there. But my point is, this is the benefit of the 7K pitchers and so I really 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 like Houston today uh, I'm with you so far definitely one of the top stacks if I, if I had to rank them right now uh it'd be Houston um I think I like Tampa Bay a little bit more than, than you do I'm not saying Tampa Bays too think with, with the teams that we've gone through I think it'd be Houston bal no Houston Toronto Baltimore Tampa Atlanta that, that Those will be my rankings, even though I fully understand Atlanta's better than half these offenses.
2: And, I mean, we're going to chase the power in this one as we should, but don't forget the speed in this one as well, because Syndergaard is as easy to steal against as anybody. Yeah. So Jeremy Pena, Jose Altuve, anybody Woo. with some speed, make sure to get them in there as well. Huge total in this next game. Uh, we, we got Coors and we got the Padres at Coors, 12 total um austin domber pitching for colorado seth lugo pitching for uh san diego do you have any interest in lugo in
3: coors i don't hate lugo for what it's worth at 6600 like i feel like we've got enough of a bump on him i'm never afraid of colorado and now that some of these other guys are gone like i'm not i don't shy away from this just because it's in coors Seth Lugo's on my list today. Like big time at 6600.
2: I really hope people go, "Ah, this is Coors Field XX on the pitchers because I don't ever play pitchers in Coors Field because if he's going to be low owned, Seth Lugo is my favorite pitcher on the slate.
3: Uh 6600. 6, yeah. yeah,
2: like that's too cheap for him and it's exactly like you said, we are not worried about Colorado. No Crone. no uh no Gritchick. We're a lot less worried about Colorado. Um, And so Seth Lugo, I think is absolutely in play against just a very weak offense at 6,600, 20 to 25 point upside. And all we're going to need from him at that price is 14, 15. And that's totally good enough. So I love Lugo in this spot. How about Austin Gomber at 5k? Uh, He's actually been producing He's gone at least six innings in every game he's pitched since uh, the end of June. Do you think we can – it's in a wildly difficult matchup, but do you think we can play a little bit of Austin Gomber at 5K?
3: I don't think I need him, and that's why I'm going to fade him. (laughs) It's really nothing more than that.
2: At 150 lineups, he's so cheap that I might throw a couple darts just so, like, I might hand-build a few in there and just be like, Gomber, Lugo. Olson, Acuna, Riley, Alvarez, and just do something like that. Yeah. Um, but uh, definitely not going to be somebody I'm going to plan on getting in a lot of lineups. I want to stack San Diego against him though. Likely they're going to be chalky, but this is the top stack on the slate. Fernando Tatis is the top bat on the slate. Manny Machado is one of the best bats on the slate. Hassan Kim left the game and he's day to day. And so I'm assuming he's going to be out on Monday. Mm-hmm he would have been a great spot in the leadoff spot. But now that he's out of there, we might get a couple cheapies in here somewhere. Uh, where do the Padres rank among your top stats? Uh, zero. Not playing them?
3: No, but, but you, listen, that's just my brand. I don't play cores field. And I live with the results of that every time. And so uh, everybody knows that. And, and guess what guys, long-term I come out ahead. How many times do you see these big offenses going cores and, score zero runs. Like I just I just fade every time. But but once again I will play pitchers because I think sometimes they get discounted too much. And against against the Rockies, I think this is a, too big of a discount. Seth Lugo should have still been seventy five hundred in this spot, not sixty six.
2: Yeah, I agree with you there. It's gonna depend on the ownership for me if they are Egregiously owned, and they are by far the highest owned stack on the slate. Well, I'm going to get a lot more Houston and a lot more Atlanta, and I'm going to be underweight on these guys if they're comparable with Atlanta. Um, Houston won't be as near as highly owned, but if they're comparable with Atlanta, then uh, maybe I'll get a little bit more San Diego, a little less Atlanta, and so it's going to depend a lot on the ownership, a lot on the uh, a lot on the lineup. The one thing I will say is Gary Sanchez at 3,700 is a phenomenal one-off. Um, he'll probably be highly owned, but he, he's great chance to home run in this spot. Um, and I, I would say Soto, Machado, and Sanchez are the three people you're making sure you get into your cash games uh, if, you, if you're playing those at this stage in the season. How about Colorado going up against Lugo? I think you can play Ryan McMahon as a one-off. I think you can play... I mean, and no, like Nolan Jones exited the game, and so he might not play on Monday. Uh, Br- Blackman's on the IL. Bryant's on the IL. This is just such a ridiculously listen, bad lineup. I it's going to be bad. Okay, I
3: get a lock button on Lugo. Like I might. I get it, bro. Listen, you you might be the only other person that will get that aggressive, like I would. Like it, the lock button on on um Lugo isn't going to feel good because it's cool. Like our brains are like conditioned to say it's cool. You get guys. Hey guys, this Coors lineup—excuse me—the Colorado Rockies lineup is going to be dreadful. Like, I, I, I get it. Like, it, it's a—it might be a risk worth taking because here's why: even if he only gets 20 fantasy points, that's enough. He's 6600. Do you know how many other offense? If you've if you've locked in Seth Lugo, then that means. In every lineup, you've got Seth, who's probably going to score 20 to 25 fantasy points. I'm, I'm, start, I'm starting to, I'm starting to get real predictive here, TJ. You're locking in Seth. He's scoring 20 to 25, right? And now you can just run through your other five pitchers that you like equally at 20% or one at 30, one at 10. One at, oh, man, the possibilities are endless. You can literally just stack the Braves, Houston, all the big teams. TJ, you might have just sold me. On the Lugo lock button, this is going to be insane.
2: Just make my the entirety of my pool glass now. Glass now. Morton, Bassett, Herman, Canning, France, and uh, and and Lugo. Hit them with and and Pavetta maybe. Throw Pavetta in there, Uh, and that's the entirety of my. uh... It's tempting. It's really tempting. I'm gonna have to see the uh, lineup. The one thing I would the one thing I like so much about it is like if I'm planning on playing 100 lineups in the three dollar DK contest tomorrow, um, go about that like it's gonna feel uncomfortable until I look at my stack summary in Lineup HQ and see 20% Atlanta, 20% San Diego, and 20% Houston. It's gonna feel real good then.
3: Here's the thing, and I I know I know we've only got what two games left, so we'll be out here shortly. If I lock in Lugo, and I didn't think we were gonna talk about this in this pod, but this, this is good stuff. If I lock in Lugo, see, I'm prob I may even compress my pitcher pool a little bit more. I might get rid of one of the 7k guys and literally just go glass now, Abbott.
2: Here's the thing, I would uh. be more willing to get rid of Abbott and Morton. Just because we don't know which of these 7K guys is gonna hit, but we do know one or two of them will. We don't know which of these, it's, it's throwing, it's, it's so, flopping, flipping a coin who's gonna have a better score between Bassett, Herman, Canning, and France. We really have. And so that's why I'd wanna make sure I'm including all of them so I make sure I hit that combo so I get two high scoring pitchers with Atlanta, two high scoring pitchers with Houston. And right. that way, I, uh, I I feel like I'd be more willing to omit, like, Abbott and Morton and just really load up uh, on the cheap guys and fully embrace getting overweight on the expensive stacks. Let
3: me say this. I'm probably more likely to, to get rid of Morton than I am Abbott, for mm-hmm. what it's worth. I think mm-hmm. – because I'm already – remember, I'm already not playing Burns. You see what I'm saying? Like, I'm just – he's gone. So, mm-hmm. i probably have glassed out Abbott. Yeah, that's what that's what I do. I'm gonna uh, TJ. One of us should win. Lock in Lugo, Now, Abbott, Herman, Canning, France. See, so you you I mean, Herman, Herman Canning Bassett. That that's probably the direction I go. And, I,
2: then, and I, then I'm gonna add France and Pavetta.
3: Right, and then what I'm gonna and I get Pavetta because he's from Seattle. I think what we'll do, or what I'll do rather, I'm just I'm just talking through it. Folks, this is good stuff. This this is really good. We're talking lineup HQ in our minds, we're not like quite looking at it just yet. But if I do that, I'm gonna look at ownership. And then if if uh let's say Herman is like eight percent owned, then I know okay, I can get 12% Herman, and I'll split the difference between like him and and, and Bassett, because I like canning more. So I'll probably get up to, I don't know, 30%, 30% uh, to 35% uh, glass now. And then I'll probably get 15% on, uh, on Hermann, 15% on canning, 15% on Bassett. Uh, let me see, that's 45, 75, 80 I probably go up to about 20 to 25% on candy because I like him more than the others. And we we just figured it out. But anyway, just want to talk through that. This was good.
2: The I beauty liked- of that too is like, if you're playing one you're going to have 30 full brave stacks. And so if the Braves do what the Braves are supposed to do, you're going to be just so sad if they don't, well, that's because canning went off. And so you're going to Correct. be set regardless, and you're going to have the other 120 of your stacks with double good pitchers, and you're set up in such a good spot. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I'm all aboard that train. I love that one. We're, we're overloading on Lugo. And I think I'm probably going to play a lot of Pavetta as well. We got Boston at Seattle. Seattle is a, a, a really strikeout heavy team, only a seven and a half total in this one nice and small we got pavetta at george kirby um pavetta at 6600 this is 100 percent in on my uh on my board kirby at 8600 i like that price tag but i do not like george kirby against lefties and boston is mostly lefties
3: yep fading kirby don't hate pavetta at 6600
2: yeah i'm with you there Hundred you
3: get six strikeouts gives up three home runs
2: Exactly. Something like that. And at 6,600, you're definitely going to be okay with that. And he has the upside. We, we've seen it recently that he could go out there and K10 guys uh, against the Mariners. This, this is a team that does strike out so much. So I like that one quite a bit. Boston going up against uh, Kirby. I rarely like full stacking against Kirby. He doesn't walk a lot of guys, but oh. I love the one-offs. And then even making a mini stack with the guy with Devers, with Yoshida, Duran and Tristan Cassis is probably my favorite of the bunch of 3,500. That's not true. He's second behind Devers. Um, but I really like these guys as one-offs or uh, mini-stacks.
3: Yeah, I, I think that's where I'm with Boston. Like, Boston two to three mans. And, and I will say this. Like, because Kirby kind of limits the damage, doesn't walk a lot of guys, if if the runs come, it's probably – a. Uh, Single, double RBI, something like that, or like a solo shot. He, you're not you, – you shouldn't be stringing together runs on him typically. Um, so I really I really like that call. Um, Devers, you talked about him. Like, I don't have to sell you on these guys. You just take the one-offs of the main guys and you'll be good.
2: I'm going to have to wait and see what the odds are uh, on Monday morning, but I can almost guarantee – That I'm not going to be I'm not on crunch time or Grinders live on Monday, but so we'll give you a little uh, early Spidey bomb action. Uh, I want two more likes to make sure we get this up to twenty here on the on the late night morning grind. But for me, it's I can guarantee Cassis or Devers, but maybe both are going to be some are going to be Spidey bombs for Monday's slate because I do really like targeting lefties going up against. uh, going up against Kirby. Seattle, I think it's interesting to stack up against Pavetta, but I'm not planning on doing it. There's too many other offenses I like.
3: Yeah, same with you. I I mean, I like Seattle um, with one off for Pavetta, but I'm not stacking.
2: The spot that I will say would be my favorite to roll out some Seattle is like they are pretty cheap outside of Julio Rodriguez, who isn't even that expensive. Everybody else on that team is below 4k. So they do make a pretty easy stack that, and they are high upside um, to go with. If you're playing like a Glassnow Abbott lineup, a Glassnow Morton lineup, something like that final game of the slate. We got Arizona at San Francisco, no total yet in this one, Cobb going up against Nelson. Do you have any interest in interest in Alex Cobb going up against uh, Arizona? No, no, me neither. Arizona is just too low strikeout of a team, too good of an offense. Ryan Nelson at sixty two hundred going up against uh, San Francisco. He's shown a little bit of upside at times, but I I like all the other G pitchers better.
3: Yeah, he's all over the place, and we got some other guys that I think have way more upside than him, like. So, so, okay, this should tell you all you need to know. Ryan Nelson is 6,200. Seth Lugo is 66, facing a really bad Colorado team. Yeah,
2: That's all you need there, to know. Yeah, and I, I would rank him behind Pavetta as well. Um, what? How do you feel about Arizona going up against Alex Cobb? I usually don't like playing people against Cobb. He's a great ground ball pitcher. Um, Arizona has, like, Corbin Carroll has a 29% fly ball rate, 29% line drive rate. So I don't hate the idea of um, playing like a one-off Corbin Carroll, something like that. But I don't really plan on getting him any Arizona bats.
3: Yeah, I don't think Arizona tees off on Cobb. But because they're so low strikeout and a much better offense than the Washington Nationals, like I probably get to him in a, in a 150 bill. I don't think I get to him in a 20-max bill for what it's worth. In a in a 150 max, I think I get some. I probably get to five to eight percent of Arizona stacks.
2: Ryan Nelson strikes out 13 percent of lefties. He's got gives up a 242 ISO, gets hit hard 48 percent of the time. Yes, we have to worry about pinch hit risk for uh, the San Francisco lefties always, but they're uh, but still, I think they are in a great spot going up against Ryan Nelson.
3: Yeah, for sure. I mean, you look at this, the San Francisco lineup, one of the things they are going to do, they're going to platoon really well today. Uh, The lefties are going to be in full force, Jock, Conforto, you name it. Like, they're going to be out. The the, the lefties will be in full effect. So, I I like this team. Just know that, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, you can get them for at least three at-bats and not their typical two today.
2: Yastrzemski left the game on Sunday with hamstring tightness. Lamont, Wade was not in the lineup on Sunday due to a back injury. It's his third straight game he's set. So there is a chance we could get more righties in the lineup than we're used to. If you get Flores, if you get J.D. Davis in the lineup, they're great plays because you know yeah, you're JD not going is to gonna get pulled
3: out. J.D. typically doesn't get pulled
2: Exactly. And so, like, if you get any right-hander starting, you know they're not going to get pinch hit for, so they're a great play. Conforto and Jock Peterson, it doesn't really matter, because, like, Jock at 4K, Jock Peterson just should not be 4K. Like, he's probably going to be one of the most likely players on the entire slate to hit a home run, and 4K is just far too cheap. So I don't know... Um, how many full stacks I'm going to have, it's probably going to depend on that lineup. But I do really like uh, some mini stacks and, and a couple one-offs in this game. Time for the morning grind game, Chief. I think I fully just got this down now. We love the pitchers under 8K today. So give me a pitcher under 8K who's going to give us six or
3: more strikeouts. I'm going with my homeboy, Griffin Canning.
2: All right. I'm going to take Seth Lugo for, for yes. this one. Our guys today. We're going to spend down a pitcher. We're going to make some money. Give me a pitcher over 8K who's going to get less than 15 fantasy points. Who's going to bust?
3: Uh, I could go really contrary here, but I'm not. Nah, I probably am. Give me Kirby at 86.
2: You considered Corbin Burns, though, didn't you?
3: I did consider Corbin
2: Burns. I'll take Strowman at eighty four hundred. Yep. Give me a batter under four K who's going to get us two or more hits.
3: Th- this one was a tricky one for me. I a Coors. I don't know if that's. Oh yeah, the yeah, yeah. But I don't, I don't a play Coors anyway. I don't play Coors you, you never have to worry about that with me. Um, this, this one was a tricky one for me, but in the end, I think I decided to settle in with my good friend, and this is a guy that I've been playing a long time, almost all season. Give me Perdomo from Arizona. Right on the edge, 3,900. All right, I'm going to take
2: Brandon Belt for the Blue Jays. Love it. Um, Who is over 5K outside of Coors hitting a homer?
3: Give me – let me make sure my boy is right here. Let me make sure he's over 5K. I think he is. I think he is. Ah, I'm not going to do it. He's right at 5K. I'll give you someone else. Give me. Give me Tucker at 5,700.
2: I'm staying on the same team. He's been red hot. I'm going Alex Bregman is going to knock one out of the park. I was going to go
3: with Adley Rushman. He
2: was right at 5K. I would have considered Gunnar Henderson, but he's only at 4,900. Keep an eye on, actually, all three of those players we just mentioned. Gunnar Henderson, Adley Rushman, and Alex Bregman almost always have really, really strong home run odds. So if you're somebody who likes making those parlays, making those home run bets, check those out as well. Nine games, we did some great, great lineup HQ-style analysis, and we're still getting out of here in well under an hour we're getting good at this will building up the chemistry keeping it speedy while giving good analysis at the same time make sure you hit the like button on the way out subscribe hit that notification bell even if you're watching us on youtube monday morning uh hit that uh make sure to hit all those things as well then if you're listening in podcast form give stevie a nice five star rating write a nice little review we're going to be going all week uh, here on the morning grind, I know I think I'm hosting like three or four of them. We're gonna be back with Chief, we're gonna be back with Keith. I think Christy's on a couple times this week, so we got some really, really strong content coming your way. And uh, hopefully, we win some money here on Monday. Keep this, uh, keep this hot streak going. Um, we got content. Grinders Live, crunch time as usual in the evenings. But, Chief, remind the people
3: where they can find you for uh, your Take Your Pick'em pod. Hey, come join Take Your Pick'em, folks, every weekday at 1030. My good friend Jeff, who hangs out and listens to the Morning Grind pod at night, Jeff can tell you we've been doing really well, and uh, hopefully we continue to ride the month out in great fashion. And then, TJ, as we close this thing out, uh, I've got a new idea for you. Spidey bombs for your home runs. Speedy bombs for your stolen bases. Put that, put that in your pipe and smoke it. Uh, you heard it here first, folks.
2: <laughs> I like it. The, the only reason I don't ever look too deep at uh, stolen base stuff is because the site that I use, it's playnow.com. It's the one place I can go in Saskatchewan for sports betting. They don't have stolen base props. And- oh. I don't want to stick to the home run ones because they got this great uh, odds over there, but they don't have the stolen base ones. Uh, on behalf of myself, my cat Shadow, who's hanging out this whole show, my dog Obi Wan, who's hanging out on the couch behind us, and Chief, thank you so much for joining us. We will see you back here tomorrow on another edition of the Morning Grind. Peace.